This is 5-Minute Friday, 10 Tips to Become a Master Presenter. Welcome back to the Super Day Science Podcast, everybody. Super pumped to have you back here on the show. Today, we're going to be talking about presentation. This is a very important skill in data science. By now, you probably have heard me talk about it many times if you've been listening to this podcast or taking our courses. It's one of those skills that separates a, an, an outstanding data scientist from a great data scientist. So you can be very good at uh, coding, creating models, deriving insights, uh, even asking the right questions. But unless you can present the insights to the stakeholders who are going to be making those decisions based on the insights, then you will always have to either rely on others to do that for you, or you won't really stand out. You'll just be another data scientist who, who does a great, fantastic job, but isn't that shining superstar that can explain those complexities to a non-technical audience. Extremely important skill, uh, regardless of what area of data science you want to specialize in, whether it's machine learning or AI, uh, visualizations, BI, data mining, data preparation, whatever it is, always presentation is super important. All right, now that uh, hopefully you're convinced, I wanted to mention that in the previous 5-Minute Friday, we talked about managing cognitive load in data science. And there we identified three types of cognitive load. So just to recap, there's intrinsic cognitive load relating to the complexity of the task that you're explaining. There's extraneous cognitive load, which is the unnecessary type of cognitive load that you can and want to eliminate from your visualizations, from your presentations. Um, and finally, there is the germane cognitive load, which you want people to have because that's the one that allows them to process the information, understand what to do with it, and retain it in long-term memory. So today we're going to build on top of that. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, I recommend checking it out. But we're going to build on top of that, and we're going to look at 10 tips, uh, which actually come, these tips come from the course I'm working on right now. Uh, it's a course to help people prepare for the most advanced Tableau examination, the Tableau Certified Professional exam. And it is... Um, also, like this part of the course is about uh, visual best practices. And so there we've got 10 tips. And today I want to share them on this podcast because I, while researching them, I learned a lot myself. And I think it would be really cool to share them here so that everybody can use them. So yeah, so these are 10 tips about how to reduce the cognitive load, unnecessary cognitive load. So we remember that germane cognitive load is good. We want people to have that. But intrinsic cognitive load, which we cannot remove, is just uh, attach the complexity of a task. We can break it into parts. And extraneous cognitive load, we definitely can remove, remove it. So these tips will be focusing mostly on extraneous cognitive load and a bit on the intrinsic. So here we go. Tip number one is to use chunking. So there was a uh, cognitive psychologist, Miller, uh, George Miller, who actually gave rise to this field of, uh, or this area of, cognitive load. So uh, Miller proposed a number seven that actually through his studies, he discovered that people can retain about seven plus minus two items in their memory, at any, in their um, short-term memory at any given point in time. So therefore, try to chunk things up as much as you can. For instance, try remembering this number right now. 
1776 So it will take you a, a while. It will be really hard to remember and really hard to uh, store in your memory. You probably already might have lost it from your short-term memory. Short-term memory lasts about 15 to 30 seconds. So the number was 1776-31482. But how can we use chunking to help the help our short-term memory, our listeners' short-term memory, to process that number? Well, what if we chunk it up? Instead of um, dealing with, uh, what was that, uh, four plus five, nine separate elements, so 1776-31482 is is nine separate elements that you need to remember. So nine p- bits of information. If we chunk it up, it'll we can make it less. So for instance, 1776 is the year when America gained its independence. Um, 314 is the first three digits of pi. And 82 is the age at which Frank Sinatra died. So now if you have these three things in mind, independence, uh, year of independence, uh, pi, and the year of Frank Sinatra or Frank Sinatra's image, then now you only have to remember three things. That's an example of chunking, very powerful method to help your audience process information in their short-term memory. But let's move on. So that was just the first tip. Second tip, give control. For instance, you often I see visualizations with like a grid of maps, four by four maps at the same time, portraying different um, things about, uh, for example, the United States, how a certain um, behavior or certain um, geodemographic uh, aspect is present across different age groups, for example, uh, in the in the different states of the United States. Rather than having sixteen maps on the uh, sixteen maps on the visualization at the same time, why not put one map and have a filter or have a uh, a way for people to change around what they're seeing? So give control to your audience of the visualization if you can. On the other hand, if you can't give control or if that's not your intention, break it down into a story rather than showing a lot of insights. So this is tip number three. Uh, Rather than showing a lot of insights at the same time, break them down into a story and that way you can reduce the intrinsic cognitive load. So you you can break down the intrinsic cognitive load so people only have to deal with a certain part of your insights at a time. And really storytelling in data science is one of the most powerful skills you can possibly possess because it breaks down a complex insight into chunks, or not even chunks, we already used the word chunks, in tip number one. It breaks it into small bits, more small steps that uh, the audience has to process one at a time, and then the whole story builds in their mind. So it's all about building that full story in their mind, but doing it skillfully. So break it down into a story if you can't give them control or if you need to tell a story rather than interacting with visualization. Break it into a story rather than throwing all the insights at them at the same time. Tip number four is use color sparingly. Don't overuse colors. Again, it's another item to for short-term memory to process. Anything above five colors or seven colors at most in visualization is probably overdoing it. So try to use few colors, but also don't use too few colors because you'll end up using the same colors for different purposes. You want to avoid that as well. You want to avoid misleading your audience. So be careful of how many colors you use and also keep colorblind people in mind. That's very important. 8% of males on the planet are colorblind and 0.5% of females on the planet are colorblind. So it's quite a lot of people who are colorblind. Definitely keep them in mind For instance, Christmas colors, red and green are not a good idea together. Avoid that at all costs. 
Um, number tip number five: avoid redundant encoding when only use it when necessary. Redundant encoding is like if you have a line chart and you decide to, in addition to it showing through the axis where something is, uh, like for instance GDP, like how GDP has grown or uh, dropped off uh, on, by looking at the y-axis, you can tell that already. In addition to that, you would use the width of the line would show the same thing. So the line would get wider as it goes up and get narrower as it goes down. And then in addition to that, you could also use color. Like it becomes darker as it goes up because more saturated and so that means higher GDP and becomes lighter as it goes down. So that's a triple redundant encoding. Absolutely unnecessary in that case. The only one time that comes to mind that redundant encoding is very useful and necessary is with tables, like a highlight table. If you have just table of numbers, really hard to navigate. If you have a table that's highlighted and the background of every cell is highlighted based on the magnitude of the number, much easier to navigate. That's an example of redundant encoding that actually works, that helps uh, helps reduce cognitive load. It has, helps reduce the extraneous cognitive load. Otherwise, if it's not helping reduce it, it's probably helping increase it, and we want to avoid that. Um, number Tip number six, integrate the legends into your visualization. So wherever you can, uh, for instance, you're comparing diesel versus petrol. Um, you can put you can put a label uh, like a legend saying, okay, on this chart diesel is black and uh, petrol is green. But instead of that, you could say in the title of your chart, you could say diesel versus petrol and make diesel black and petrol green. And then in your chart, you can already just use those colors. So you don't have to have an extra legend when it's given in the title. So you can combine things like that. See when you can combine legends or integrate them into your chart. For instance, you could just put the word diesel at the very end of uh, the line for diesel and the word petrol at the very end of the line for petrol. So you don't have to have a separate box for the color. Again, that helps reduce the extraneous color, <laughs> extraneous cognitive load. Number uh, seven, tip number seven, maximize the data ink ratio. One of the most powerful principles from Edward Tufte's uh, list of principles, uh, and that is about maximizing data to ink ratio. So uh, there should be more data. The, the, the amount of data represented by ink on your chart should be as, as high as possible because basically you want to avoid any kind of, as much as you can, any kind of ink or any kind of visuals on your chart that are unrelated to the data that you're showing. The less of that, the better it is. So it's always going to be less than 100% if we can express in percentage terms, but the closer you get to that level, the better. Uh, also, there's another type of ratio, so that was data ink ratio, but there's also signal noise ratio. So uh, sometimes you might have something on the chart that is actually representing data. So it satisfies the data ink ratio principle, but it's actually not uh, the signal that you're looking for. There might be a lot of noise on the chart. So you're visualizing, um, I don't know, maybe let's say you're visualizing uh, a certain uh, parameter about one or two or three of the states of the United States, but then you're showing all, um, so let's say you're visualizing how the sales of a company are going in the United States and you're visualizing three states because that's where, where the most of the sales, sales are going, uh, going well. But then you're showing all the other states that have very insignificant, they have uh, marginal sales, tiny sales that don't really need to be shown. That's not part of your story, but you're still showing them. So that satisfies the data ink ratio. It's still data, it's ink representing data. But it's not. Uh, it doesn't satisfy the signal noise ratio. So it's noise that is mis that is uh, distracting your audience from seeing what they're supposed to be seeing. It really depends on the 
um, situation, the problem that you're solving, maybe you need to show that there are not many cells in those uh, other states. Maybe that's required. But if it's not, then really a question, what is the signal in your case? What is the noise in your case? Tip number eight, master tooltips and annotations. Very powerful um, techniques. Uh, basically, how do you guide users? How do you, when and how do you add text or um, accompanying uh, little, little elements like pop-ups and things like that to your visualizations uh, so that they don't distract, but they actually add to um, the, the experience of the user? A classic example that I really like is if you have, you're visualizing survey results, for instance, you have 10 survey questions and you want to visualize them in a matrix. For instance, you have uh, the different, like uh, 10 questions that were asked in different universities. So on, on the x-axis, on the y-axis, you would have different university names. On the x-axis, you would have the different survey questions. Well, those survey questions are probably very long. They're not going to fit into your headers. So you can, instead of trying to fit them in, squash them in there, you can put like uh, question one, question two, question three, and so on, and then have a pop-up. So when a person hovers over the insights, the pop-up says what that question actually means, the, the text of the question, or have an annotation on the side or a, a comment explaining each one of those questions. So that's a powerful technique also to reduce cognitive load. Tip number nine, Simpler charts are often better. And this comes from the Cleveland and McGill study ranking, uh, which is called the ranking of elementary perceptual tasks. And the specific of quantitative information, we spoke, uh, spoke about this, I think it was, I believe it was on episode 329. Yes, episode 329 with Isaac Reyes, who's a consultant in data storytelling, data visualization. If you want to check it out, check out that episode, uh, episode 329. Um, in a nutshell, there is a ranking of what people are very good at and what people are not so good at in terms of analyzing visuals. And the top three things that people are best at are uh, looking at scatter plots and line charts, basically comparing values, individual values against an, a y-axis. Number two is looking at scatter plots and line charts with shifted y-axes. Uh, so basically you have two scatter plots side by side, but one is a bit above the other. The axes are identical, but one is just shifted up or down. People are still really good at that. And number three, third place is for bar charts. People are really good at um, seeing things from bar charts. So those are top three. And then after that, you get all things like angles. Angles are pie charts. Um, area, area is like bubble charts and uh, tree maps um, and and all these all the other things. And even um, stacked bar charts are, I think, only on fourth place, right? So they're not in the top three. Uh, and uh, different color shading, that's at the very bottom. Uh, 3D objects, that's also at the very bottom. Volumes, it's really hard for humans to get insights or quantitative comparisons out of volumes. So that's the the top three. The top three, uh, scatter plots line charts, shifted scatter plots line charts across the y-axis, and uh, bar charts. So those are the simplest things that are easiest for humans to process in their working memory, which is also synonymous to short-term memory, try use those when you can. Like, yes, sometimes we want to create amazing works of art. Fantastic. There's a time for that, time and a place. But at the same time, sometimes we just want to, we need to get the insights across. Don't overcomplicate it. Simpler is often better. Use the simpler charts when you can. And uh, finally, tip number 10, very powerful tip, simple tip, but powerful tip. Use the chart title to your advantage. Don't just put a title like, Petrol versus diesel prices. 
Everybody understands by looking at the chart, it's petrol versus diesel prices. Ask a question. Like you, so the tip is ask, the ti- ask questions in your titles. So for instance, ask a question, like what insight do you want to get across? Do you want to get across, like is the goal of this analysis or have you discovered that petrol prices have been growing faster than diesel prices? So ask the question, have petrol prices been growing faster than diesel prices? And, and uh, let your audience use your visualization to guide themselves to the answer. That will get them to interact more. They will still tell them what the chart's about, so you'll get that part checked off, but also guide their attention into that specific question rather than allowing it to scatter across the whole visualization and maybe all kind of comments and other things that might be present on, on the chart or on the day when you're presenting. The question will help them narrow their focus into a specific part of your visualization, like kind of zoom in to that, um, and you, they'll be able to answer it better. So an example of that, another example of that is, have you ever seen a, a subway map, like of the New York subway system or of the Berlin subway system or you know some any or, or Tokyo subway system? Um, it's complex. It's super complex. It's re- you get lost in it if, if you just try to look at it and read it. But if you have a question in mind, if your question is, or if somebody asks you a question, how do I get from station A to station B? And they're on different lines in different parts of the, in different parts of the map. Instantly, your attention is laser focused. You you throw your brain throws away anything that's irrelevant. If if it's a matter of combining the red, green, and and blue lines to get from where you you were to where you need to go. It's going to disregard any orange, yellow lines, brown lines, all those um, um, paths the trains can go and parts of this network. They'll be disregarded. It's instantly it becomes much easier for you to answer that or navigate this um, complex visualization uh, or com- these complex insights because you have a question in mind to answer. So help your audience be in the same position. Ask them a question and use the title to do that. That's that's a very powerful uh, technique. It's uh, like even if you, especially if like you're you're attending a visualization or a presentation, and somebody on their chart asked a question in their title, you can bet that that person has done some studies in the space of um, of presentation, of soft skills, of visualization. That it's not their first rodeo. That they've done this before and they actually know this how to do it. So uh, you're dealing with a pro. So be a pro yourself and use those titles to guide your audience. It's a very subtle but very powerful technique. So quickly to recap, uh, the 10 tips to make the most out of your visualizations and presentations and master this skill, this art, are, here you go, the 10 tips. Uh, Use chunking, give control, uh, break into a story. Uh, Tip number four, use color sparingly. Uh, Avoid redundant encoding, integrate the legends, uh, tip number seven, maximize data ink ratio and also signal noise ratio. Uh, master tool tips and annotations. Simpler charts are often better. And tip, finally, tip number 10, use titles to ask questions. So there you go. Those were the 10 tips to help guide uh, your audience in the best way possible. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing. Happy analyzing.